This is Voices of COVID-19. I'm Brian Lucas. Thanks for joining us. The response to the coronavirus pandemic has varied around the world, with some countries taking a hard line early and others adopting a more hands-off approach. In this episode, we're going to look at Greece and how the government and citizens worked together to prevent a major outbreak, which could have been devastating to the country. At the time of this recording, Greece had reported fewer than 5,000 cases of COVID-19, resulting in 209 deaths. That's a fraction of what nearby countries have seen, such as Italy with 250,000 cases, Spain with more than 300,000 cases, and Turkey with more than 230,000 cases. They've all seen major outbreaks. Greece took a hard line out of necessity. Their health system really doesn't have the capacity to deal with a significant spike in cases. Before the pandemic, they reportedly had only 560 ICU beds in the entire country. Still, Greece stands out as a model for how a country can come together to keep COVID-19 relatively under control. Joining me today to talk about the Greek response to coronavirus is Antigone Dionysiadou. Antigone lives in Athens, where she is studying psychology at the university. Before the pandemic took its toll on tourism in Athens, she was also working as a tour guide, giving walking tours of the various neighborhoods in the city, focusing on Greek history, culture, and food. That's how we met Antigone a couple years ago, and she's kind enough to join me now. Antigone, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Right now, when we're speaking, I think it's around five o'clock your time. Can you describe what it's like right now in Athens? Because I remember it's such a vibrant city. There's so much going on, so much energy all the time. I'm wondering right now, does it feel like that or is it different? Um, More or less, it's the same. Um, There's lots of people outside. The coffee places are full. The bars are full. Uh, In some cases, it doesn't feel like there was a crisis. It's difficult when you get into the bus because you have to wear the mask. Now we have to wear the masks in supermarkets as well. It's difficult because we have um, very high temperatures here and it's difficult to breathe. In general, Athens is the way it usually is uh, in the beginning of August. Now, the islands are a bit different because there is uh, much less uh, tourists than the previous years. Uh, Greeks like that, of course, because, uh, well, it depends. If you're a Greek tourist, it's good because um, sometimes islands are too packed. But if you have a a restaurant or, or a hotel, I guess it can be very disappointing. It's interesting. So is that different in Athens than it was even a month or two ago? Because the reason I ask is Greece has done such a wonderful job in terms of keeping coronavirus under control. And what you described to me about the crowds in the coffee shops and things like that seems very different than I would imagine uh, in a country where they're really locking down on coronavirus? Well, yes, in the beginning, we were we were very obedient. Of course, we were hearing about what was going on in Italy. We saw in on the news and in social media uh, videos of uh, medical personnel uh, not being able to cope with the situation, people dying, 
the numbers were extreme and um, it was a threat we knew nothing about. In the beginning, people were talking about conspiracies or that um, it was uh, it was an overreaction. But then um, we started least, um, hearing people that actually died of the coronavirus and the numbers were getting even bigger in other countries. At first, um, the government closed restaurants, coffee places, gyms, gyms and so on. And uh, then we had the lockdown. What was a surprise for Greeks was the fact that um, we were so obedient because Greeks are very extroverts and they are go out a lot. So you wouldn't expect that from them. During the lockdown, we had to ask for a permit in order to go out for groceries or for uh, to go to the pharmacy or to go for a walk for f- physical exercise people complied i mean they sent the message in order to go out and they didn't go out if they didn't if it wasn't uh, important that is a surprise because um, recently there has been a change in the government and also in the role of the police the role of the police has uh, become more energetic and this has caused a lot of reactions, especially uh, among the younger ones. So you wouldn't expect them to comply with the measures, but still they did. I think one of the reasons is the fact that um, Greeks care a lot about the elderly. The man who, let's say, managed the crisis it gave a lot of emphasis in protecting the elderly. And because the Greek society is based on family, uh, I think the younger ones did their best uh, in order to protect their mothers and grandmothers and so on. How was the lockdown enforced? Was there a threat of people getting fined? Or how did they know that you were only going out to the grocery store or going out to the pharmacy or that kind of thing? There was police around all the time. They would stop you and give you a fine of uh, 150 euro. They would uh, stop you uh, and check what time you left your house, where you live. And if you were far away from your house and you had left your house, um, let's say, three hours before and you were supposed to go to the supermarket, you would get a fine. Uh, You had to have your ID with you. Uh, all the parks were closed. If they found you walking in parks, you would get a fine and so on. What was that like for you when you left your your house and you went to the grocery store or something to see the streets? The streets must have been empty. Yes, it was a, a post-apocalyptic scene, like a a scene from uh, Mad Max or from a movie. Um, The cats, the cats were outside. They were ruling Athens. You could hear birds in the center, meaning my house is near the center and you could listen to birds. Actually, it was really nice. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, what an interesting sort of byproduct of a pandemic is that you all of a sudden got to see your city in a completely different light. Yes, exactly. Did you take your time walking to and from the grocery store to 
try to enjoy it or we would um text six number six which was physical exercise we were walking all the time and lots of people uh, started um, exercising because of the situation also we we started going out um at night walk walking out at night which was something i remember doing as a teenager i mean usually you go out at bars or coffee places but now i i would see uh, two or three people not more and we we went for walks they were around the neighborhood and we went we went for walks um, around here it was nice was it scary at all though because you know i think that when especially when this starts to come into a country and they're just figuring this out there tends to be a moment of of fear or uncertainty were you ever scared about this coming into your country of course we were of course we were scared i was really scared about my mother and my grandmother who's 97 years old for um, a month i didn't see them I didn't visit them because I was afraid I was, I might have the virus, but not symptoms and that I would, would spread it to them. And even now I keep my distance when I see them and we don't hug, which is a big problem with me. Anyway, this is uh, one of the things that I don't know when it's going to change, but it really, it's really sad and annoying. And I remember a particular moment. Uh, I was on the bus uh, before the lockdown, and uh, I heard a, a very strange sound from my mobile. Everyone's mo- mobile had the same sound. Uh, it was a message from the General Secretariat of the of Civil Protection. Uh, telling us about the measure, about the crisis, and about the measures, and it was that time when we realized that something, something serious is got is coming, like a war. Something very serious is happening. We all stopped talking. We were shocked. We were looking at each other because it's not just a threat. It's something that we didn't know how how big it would become. We didn't know any measures, effective measures of, um, in order to deal with it. So, yes, we, I think we all got very frightened. Uh, in some cases, people uh, are still very frightened. I've heard of people that um, are unable to leave their house. So they're still in lockdown. That people that refuse to go to their job because they're afraid, and of course of people that got very depressed. What was your reaction? How did you approach it personally when all of a sudden you were forced to isolate and to take this time away from your normal schedule? I live alone, and in the, in the beginning uh, I was afraid that I would feel very lonely, but then I realized that I am more of an introvert than I thought. I got some time to put uh, priorities, to stop doing things out of habit or seeing people that I didn't really want to see. And I got really creative. Let's say I spent some uh, quality time uh, with myself. 
And I'm not the only one. I know many people that uh, did the same. And we always say that there will come a time where we will feel nostalgia about this, uh, the lock time period. So that's a very healthy approach to isolation. But there had to be hard times as well, especially because working in the tourist industry like you have, and you mentioned that that they have laid off their the tour guides. How have you dealt with some of the downtimes of the lockdown and, and the isolation? I guess now with other people that are going through the same thing, but also because the initial problem was a health problem, it's easy for you to say that, um, you know what, as long as we're okay, we'll manage. Also, Greece um, has uh, recently got out of an economical crisis, which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing because it seems like someone uh, up there is playing games with us. But on the other hand, I'm joking, of course. On the other hand, um, we know the drill. So we will cope as we did before. What is Greece's healthcare system like and how equipped would you have been if this had been a bad outbreak like it was in Italy or in Spain? Well, we were very afraid about what was going to happen because we are not as, let's say, organized as other countries. We, we feel that we are not as organized as other countries where there was a big um, debate also about the private clinics because we were afraid that we wouldn't have enough uh, beds and uh, the government was not asking them to uh, give some beds for the people that may need beds. So what you're saying is that there are private facilities where they would have beds, but the government would have to cooperate with them in order to use them. I read somewhere that, that there were only 560 intensive care beds available in, in all of Greece when this started, which seems very small to me. Well, yes, if, if, it, if it would have uh, gone um, out of hand, I don't know how we would uh, cope with it. I think that is one of the reasons why we took measures very quick, very early in order to avoid a situation like that. People really stepped up and, and obeyed the orders. And you mentioned that you were a little bit surprised by that, but it also seems like you're a country where people will do what they have to do. You understand the importance of this. You understand that you're taking care of each other. And like you said, you're taking care of the older people and maybe the more vulnerable people. Were you proud of the way that you all stepped up? Because the numbers all around you in every other country were really bad. And your numbers look so good. How do you feel about the way that you responded? We felt very proud of it. It's one of those cases where Greeks, it felt like we were unified. Greece has a history of being polarized between extremes, maybe because we never got over the trauma from the civil, civil war we had. Uh, Greece has always been polarized. And for once, it felt like we were all together in this. People from different backgrounds were we were all together. It felt very nice. And yes, we were very proud. In some cases, complying with the rules was so intense that it became the norm. 
and people would look down on people that uh, wouldn't comply. It's uh, amazing how we sinked, let's say, and we we behaved so uh, mature. One thing that we're dealing with a lot here is that there's a lot of inequity in our country. In Greece, you're dealing with a lot of the similar things. Are you seeing the coronavirus impact certain communities worse than others, though? Are you still dealing with, with inequities, and especially with like the refugee population and that kind of thing? How have you been able to deal with that? It, of course, it has influenced everyone. I know people from different social classes that were influenced but if you if you're talking about uh, the economical part, of course, the working class uh, has been influenced has been influenced more. People lost their jobs, or they had to work part time, and of course, they got paid part time. Also, imagine having a family and having to survive with half the money you earned. In some cases, people got benefits. In some cases, the companies took advantage of the situation and asked them to return the benefits to the companies. Of course, that that was an exception, but this also happened. The art workers, the art workers um, in the beginning weren't entitled to to the benefit. This, of course, course caused uh, a lot of reactions. And it is very sad that uh, in a place where art, theater was born, and the music has uh, bloomed. Uh, it's very disappointing not um, treating art workers uh, the same way as, let's say, accountants. Now things have changed, of course. But in the beginning, art workers were left outside. Tourism is such a big part of the Greek economy, and that has just dried up. Are you, are people worried about the economic state of the country right now and possibly sliding back into economic problems? Or are you feeling confident that you'll be able to get through this and maybe when you can open up again, it'll get it'll be just as big as ever because people will really, really want to travel. Well, I think uh, most people that are in the industry in tourism are optimistic. We see tourists, people are coming, and we have kind of returned to normal. Not the way it was, of course, but at least we see we see tourists. And we're hoping that next year we will kind of make up for the bad situation. So at this point, are you all feeling like you're past the coronavirus or do you still have your guard up? We don't have our guard up as we should. And this this is my personal opinion, of course. Because we did well in the beginning, we think that uh, it's over, but it's not over because, of course, people are coming and now uh, the people that are infected, the numbers are starting to rise. I think that uh, the next months will be very critical. I'm not talking about lockdown, but we should start protecting ourselves and others again. It's interesting what you talk about, because here, for some reason, people just are really resisting masks. Some people are. Are you all, is there a mask requirement? Yes, yes, there is a mask in buses and in supermarkets. Most of the people have masks, but uh, some will not wear them <laughs> on their nose because <laughs> because it's uh, it gets very difficult to breathe. That's the problem. We have people who walk around with masks just on their chin. <laughs> And I'm like, 
I don't think that's really working the way that you think it. <laughs> We're struggling with a lot of issues. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that Greeks have had a somewhat contentious relationship with police over the years. I remember when you toured us around Athens, we visited a neighborhood called Exarchia, where in 2008, police had killed a teenager. And after that, the neighborhood essentially became a police-free zone. I'm curious if that's still the case in that neighborhood in the middle of a pandemic. and. Is that neighborhood still off limits for police? And how has that worked with the lockdown and the restrictions? Just before the coronavirus, the police started um, wanting to change the status in Exarchia. If you remember, it was very difficult for the police to enter Exarchia without a clash. So they wanted to change the situation. In some cases, they used uh, ways which were very for me, for my opinion, cruel. There was a question on to which point this uh, is essential in order to have social order and from which point this is uh, starting to be uh, taking advantage of your right as a police officer. That's why it is a big paradox how Greeks complied to the rules that were put by police because there was already a lot of um, reactions to the behavior of the police. And let me also tell you that there has been a lot of um, protests around the matter of of what happened in the States uh, against police cruelty. George Floyd, who was killed, and and Mm -hmm. that's where we live. We live in that community. Oh, it's a not a point of pride for our community. And I don't know where this ends because uh, you had other incidents right after Floyd, right? Oh, there, yeah, there have been uh, there were three or four right in in a row, and sadly, that's not even that unique. We've got a lot of work to do in our country. So the the masks uh, on the chin is the least thing you have to worry about, I think. Yeah, it's just a symptom of a bigger problem, I think. When you look forward and maybe to a post-COVID world, are there things that you will remember about this and hope that you can take forward, you and your country as a whole, will take forward and not forget about what got you through this? It feels like uh, when things get tough, Greeks can be very mature. I'm really hoping that uh, if things get better socially and politically, Greeks will be, will excel and get over the economical crisis and uh, things will get very much better. Better days lie ahead, hopefully for all of us, I would say. Yes. Antigone, it's so nice to catch up with you and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. It's It's been really enlightening. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brian. Voices of COVID-19 is an attempt to document the thoughts and feelings of people who are perhaps outside the limelight to get personal reflections on how a pandemic impacts all of our lives. If you know of someone who might make a good guest on this podcast, please send them to me at brian at truevoicecommunications.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay separate. And we'll get through this together. Thank you.